This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Welcome into the Go Vols 247 podcast, a breaking news edition. I am Ben McKee and not Wes Rucker for two reasons. A, Wes is too busy arguing with Grant Williams at Admiral Schofield on Twitter at the moment. And and B, he's just too busy arguing with Grant and Admiral at the moment. That, that That's all you need to know. But I am joined by Patrick Brown, and it is a breaking news edition because Josh Heupel has secured the bag. He has received a hefty Hefty raise, a nice extension. He will be Tennessee's football coach, unless he is fired, I guess, or, or if he were to take another job. But uh, the new contract extension makes him the head coach through the 2028 season and through January of 2029. He gets an increase of $5 million on his salary, now making $9 million a year. And there's only four coaches in the SEC making more than him. And that is Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, and Brian Kelly. Patrick, a, a very well-deserved raise for Josh Heupel. Yes, Ben, and and I think it's telling that we're, what, a little more than three weeks out from the Orange Bowl, and, and Tennessee and Josh Heupel have, have wrapped this up. You know, he he got a, an extension and a raise uh, after his first season, but that one wasn't fully legally done until the end of July, start of August. So, uh, neither side wanting to waste much time getting this done, uh, and you sort of hit on it. The the jump from uh, it's pretty crazy to me that when they hired him, and it's as we're recording this, it's almost two years to the day that that Josh Heupel was introduced with a salary of four million. Now he's had nine million, um, and I know that that figure is going to blow some people's minds out there. But um, as I wrote in something I, I posted on the site on Monday, it was going to take eight million just to get him in the top half of the league. I mean the the the, the salaries in this conference. Um, have, have skyrocketed and um, you know Heupel was at five million last year and uh, a couple of the guys behind him got raises Eli Drinkwitz got one then lost to Kentucky uh, Shane Beamer got one for going eight and five and losing the Gator Bowl so uh, but those guys went over six I think or, or two six uh, and Heupel was at five so he's going from you know one of the lowest paid coaches to now as you mentioned I think the fifth highest paid coach in this league and um, and I think it's 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 warranted and it, and it's a market correction. I think that the two things that this does, Ben, is this is a reward for the job that he's done, which is I mean, we could have a whole podcast on where this program was and where it is now, uh, just the night and day difference. And then the other part is the market correction, because you've got a coach who has proven, um, you know, some of the he's up there with some coaches that have won national titles that have uh, made playoff appearances. And he didn't get there uh, this season. But I think he certainly has positioned Tennessee to to be competing and contending for those things uh, in the future. Yeah, and, and to to look at some of these coaching salaries around the SEC, as you can imagine, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Brian Kelly, Jimbo Fisher, all making more than Josh Heupel. Nick Saban making 11.7 a year. 
Kirby Smart making $11.25 million a year, although I'll be curious to see if Kirby gets a bump in pay here soon. But both of those guys, Saban and Kirby, are, are worth $15 million a year. <laughs> They're only making right. $11 million a year right now, but I, I think they could validate paying them fifteen million a year if those two guys really wanted to go that high. And then Brian Kelly getting paid a big bag of nine point five at LSU and Jimbo making nine point five at at A and M because of that national championship that he won at Florida State. And then funny enough, Lane Kiffin and Josh Heupel are tied for fifth at nine million a year. And then Mark Stoops right behind them at eight point six. And and then it kind of starts to drop off. Billy Napier making seven point two million, which looks pretty interesting after year one. Uh, I, I don't think you can be out on Billy Napier at the moment, but probably you can certainly as, be down on him. Yes, pr- probably <laughs> not as far along as I anticipated him being uh, at, at this point after taking that job at Florida. Uh, and then to your point about Shane Beamer and, and Hugh Free, or not Hugh Freeze, but Eli Drinkwitz, uh, Shane Beamer and Hugh Freeze are each making 6.5. Eli Drinkwitz making a clean six. And, and then the the bottom of the pack, although we don't know Clark Lee's salary at Vanderbilt, but I, I would imagine it's it's close to the bottom or, or at. I, the bottom I've there. seen it at three seven five. Is what I okay. Of course, so they're a private university. To... That's not that. That's you know they don't have to release that stuff. Right. Uh, I believe that is a Chris Lowe report, if I may cite him. Right. That's and, absolutely right. Then in that case, yes. Uh, so not the lowest paid coach in the SEC, Zach Arnett, who takes over for the late great. Mike Leach uh, is making three million, uh, but Sam Pittman only making five point two five million. I, I know Arkansas season kind of went up in in flames at times, um, but I I'd be surprised if, if he doesn't get a bump because I, I don't think he's the thirteenth or I guess twelfth best coach in the SEC when strictly looking at salary. But uh, I, I thought you really hit the the nail on the head in terms of. Josh Heupel being at nine million and being one of the highest paid coaches in the league. A, I think he absolutely deserves it. When when you take over what he took over with the NCAA investigation and how many players were transferring and, and when he took over the job in late January, and, and just the fact that Tennessee football really had not had a ton of success in the last 10 to 12 years. And then he comes in and he goes 18 and eight. In his first two seasons, he's won 13 of the last 16 games. He has seven ranked wins, which is the most of any Tennessee coach in its first 26 games. He he just led Tennessee to an 11 win season, which feels like it's been a century since Tennessee last won uh, 11 games. You beat down Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Uh, you were in contention to make it to Atlanta. You were in contention to making making it to the college football playoffs. You were number one at, at one point in the college football playoff rankings just in, in your second season, it, it is well-deserving from a results standpoint. But also, th- this is the type of money that's being thrown around in college football, right? I mean, it, it, I, I go back to our Memphis yeah. Grizzlies, and, and when Mike Conley, what was it? He, he got the highest-paid contract in NBA the history. Super Max, right? Right. It, it, and it wasn't because the Grizzlies thought that Mike Conley was worth the money of, of the, <laughs> the biggest contract in NBA history or, or whatever the exact – term was or or whatever record it, it technically broke it was something along those lines it wasn't that they thought that he was necessarily worth that in terms of, of value it's the fact that the nba had that type of money because of tv contracts and, and all of right. that and, and that's what you're seeing in college football now 
And you're yeah, like you said. I mean, the, these these salaries are just going higher and higher. And this is this is not just a, a new thing. I mean, there, there's different sort of eras where um, you know it, it sort of spikes, and, and the number of guys making, you know, you know, 20 years ago, the number of guys making a million, you could probably count on one hand. Now, you know, a few years later, it's the number of guys making five million. Only the elites are, and now, you know, most of this league is making over six. So, um, and, and I think. You know, I think that context is important, but I don't think any Tennessee fans going to complain about how much they're paying Josh Heupel right now. I think he's got this thing rolling pretty good. I know this past season has its what ifs, but um, it, it's it was it was fun to cover. I can only imagine how fun it was for for fans out there to be a part of it that have uh, have been through so many ups and downs, and and probably more downs than ups over the past fifteen years. And um, the way they play is is exciting with the offense, and, and you know the way they play hard. Um, and, and, you know, the recruiting has been better than I think a lot of people expected. I think their class is, I think it was up to eight. I was looking this morning. Um, I don't know what changed that, that got them ahead of Notre Dame. I don't know if it's some upgrade, updated rankings. What, what you got? Was it not, was it not the Jaden Rashada situation? Did, did Florida well, may, drop? Maybe Florida dropped. Yeah. Maybe that's know, what it was. I know that bumped Tennessee into the top 10, uh, on a different site when, when they took out Jaden Rashada. Uh, from Florida's class, I know it bumped Tennessee to to in the top ten on a a different site. So I, I wonder. I don't know where Florida was ranked pre Jaden Rashada. Pre, so, so pre Rashada, yeah, that that may be the reason. Um, they well, well Florida's at thirteen now. Um, so I, I'd have to do the I'd have to play with the class calculator and do all that, which I'm not going to do right now. <laughs> Where's Ryan uh, Callahan? Uh, uh, yeah, but um, you know, top ten class, and a lot of these guys are here. I mean, they just they just announced twenty eight guys being added to the program on on Monday with the start of classes. So that's um, twenty guys from the recruiting class. A couple of those guys are probably going to be walk ons, but um, all, a lot of the big hitters are here and and in Knoxville, and then and some transfers as well. So um, this is going to be you know a, a sort of a new chunk of the roster, a new third of the roster. But um, certainly, it's it's easy to get excited about the direction of this program. Uh, I think we know through two years that, you know, the offense is always going to be among the best in the conference, among the best in the country. Will they go and set a dozen plus records every season? Maybe not. Uh, I don't know how many Hendon Hookers and Jalen Hyatts are, are coming up through the, you know, are still in this program. But, um, you know, the defense, I think, is, you know, they're, we, we've bagged on them a lot this season, but the bottom line is they improved their scoring average by about a touchdown a game. So, um, and they're going to get better talent outside of the ball too. And I think they've recruited well, uh, starting in this class, they feel the same way. So, um, a lot of things to be excited about this program. And, um, I, I there were a couple other changes. There weren't really any changes to Hypel's buyout. And I know Tennessee fans are all, uh, you know, they love to talk buyouts. They, they were kind of spoiled in that from, from some of the previous coaches. I don't think that's anything to worry about right now. Um, with, with the way Hypel going, but, uh, they did bump his national championship bonus from five hundred thousand to a million. So I don't know if that's uh, that's probably a uh, put carrot for to Jason um, showing the reward of what that would be. But um, and that that I mean I think that needs to be the baseline for this program moving forward. Ben is is you need to be contending in the East. You need to be going into uh, Georgia in November now. They're they're the they're the standard right now. They've sort of replaced Alabama as a team you got to beat. Tennessee's got to have to, you know, they got to beat Alabama too. Uh, and they did. Um, but, you know, you need to go into that November game, uh, whether it be in Athens or Knoxville, still playing for Atlanta. That, that sort of needs to be maybe the uh, revised standard for this program. And, and certainly when you're paying a coach like that, fans are going to expect those results. And so um, that, that's the question moving forward for Hypo and the staff is, 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 
what, what we saw this past season. Is that going to be just a blip? Is that going to be a high watermark or is that going to be sort of the uh, consistent uh, target moving forward? Yeah, and I'm I'm cutting you off because you're you're starting to answer the questions that I have planned for you uh, in <laughs> in my head. But I, I, do I didn't know you had questions planned. I I they, they pop up they they pop up as <laughs> as you begin to to record and 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 have conversations. But but before we get into to one question, before we hit a a break, I did want to share what Danny White said in Tennessee's press release, and that was. The results over Josh's first two seasons speak for themselves. He and his staff have energized both our football program and our fan base with an aggressive brand of football, a competitive culture that creates leaders and a relentless approach to raising the bar every single day. Despite a brief period of dormancy, Tennessee never surrendered its status as a college football powerhouse. We just needed an innovative leader like Josh Heupel to reignite the spark. It's been fun to crash the party. But as Josh said, after our Orange Bowl triumph, the best is yet to come. And I, I think that adequately summarizes why Josh Heupel is getting such a, a lengthy extension through the rest of this decade uh, and, and why he is making so much money. So my my question to you, Patrick, is how comfortable, we'll, we'll say on a scale of 1 to 10, how, how comfortable are you on a scale of, of 1 to 10 with giving Josh Heupel this much money and uh, th- this many years added on to the contract because I, it is well-deserved. You and I just laid that out. We, we absolutely agree with this decision uh, because of what the results have, have been these first two seasons, but it is just two seasons. It, it is. And we, we have seen college coaches in, in the past uh, have their their one year, their their two years, and and fizzle out. So, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how comfortable are you with with locking up Josh Heupel in, in this type of way? If you're Tennessee, I, I'm 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 pretty comfortable with it. I I will I will fittingly say nine uh, to honor the man's salary, just because I think he's I think he deserved it. I think he's he's shown that he is uh, worth that much money. I mean, he's. Like forty six and sixteen as a head coach, I think over five years. Um, and so you know that that's and again the this program when he took it over was a mess. It was a disaster. You know Tennessee's had a lot of rock bottoms. I still think twenty seventeen that whole debacle of a season when you don't win an SEC game, it's hard to get worse than that. But uh, the situation he stepped into uh, was was pretty close to that. I mean, just the investigation. There was all the two three weeks of will there won't they with Jeremy Pruitt you had players leaving left and right and not you know you're losing players uh, to the portal in terms a lot of players in terms of quality and quantity um and, and so to have this thing back up and running so fast and and to be uh and to take the exciting brand that you played your first season which Tennessee was unwatchable I think in 2020 they were much more watchable in 2021 and and this past season they turned entertainment into wins so um, I, I think he's done a better job than some of the guys he was very recently making a lot less money than. Um, and so uh, I, I'm good with that. I, I do think the extension was just one year, which I thought was interesting. You know, I was looking at some of these contracts uh, a couple days ago and a few of these coaches, I mean, Texas A&M signed Jimbo Fisher to not just one, but two 10-year deals. Um, now, he has a championship on his resume, yes, but, you know, that 2013 is a long time ago. Well, do you, um, do you feel better about Josh Heupel's nine million a year right now, or yeah, 
or Jimbo's what would I say earlier like 9.5 mil whatever he is he, he's, I think he's 10.6 or something like that uh, you feel better with Hypo right now than you do Jimbo right right and but you know things can change in a, in a year things can change in two years so um yeah I, I do think that them not giving him you know an eight nine ten year deal just the one year all over I think keeps some of the buyout figures you know realistic if things do go south uh, I don't think things will go south, um, but you never know. This is a tough sport. A lot of good coaches in this league. Uh, the margin of, of error and the margin of victory sometimes can be very thin. So, um, But in terms of, of just salary, I, I mean, I think he's shown to be one of the best coaches in this conference. Um, and, and so I think paying him as such is, is is deserved. And so I don't have any issues with it there. And um, you know whether the whether the the range was nine million, whether it was a little bit lower at seven. If you know, it was going to take eight just to get him in the top half of the league, like I mentioned earlier. So um, it, it was always going to be a pretty big bump, and this one gets him, uh, I think, reflective of the job that he's done over over his first two years here. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone, right? You're rewarding him for what he has accomplished to this point, and then you're also investing into him and into the program moving forward. And you accomplished both of those things uh, with this move. And I, I feel very comfortable giving Josh Heupel this type of money. Uh, I, I would be very surprised if if he spirals out of control and, and it, it's just a complete failure from, from here on out. I would be very surprised if, if that happens. And that that's because of the culture that he has built and that I think he will maintain. I, I think – there's evidence in the way that he's navigating the transfer portal uh, as as to the culture maintaining and, and remaining what it is because he, he could have gone out and, and gotten this guy or, or, or that guy that uh, fans of, of all schools were, were coveting on, on social media, but they, they didn't want to bring that guy or this guy in because they didn't think that he would, he would necessarily jive with the culture. So just, just he, he's great X's and O's wise. Uh, he he can recruit better than people realize uh, at a place like Tennessee. It also recruits itself on, on top of just needing somebody that's going to be genuine and and relate to the kids. And he's got a good coaching staff. Coaches want to work for him. Uh, and again, the culture aspect is really what I hang my hat on. So for all of those reasons, I, I feel comfortable uh, if I'm Tennessee investing into Josh Heupel because he, he has the tools to 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 really be a a really good college football coach for a very long time and the question now becomes how great can he be and that is a conversation that you and I are going to have after this break so uh, we'll be back in just a moment after we pay some bills hey I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of the farmer's dog we make fresh food for dogs we started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog jada when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food the farmer's dog food isn't fancy it's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs it's better for them and easier for you get 50 percent off your first box at the slash podcast that's the slash podcast eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, 
feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back into the Go Balls 247 podcast, a breaking news edition. I am Ben McKee, not Wes Rucker, because Wes is too busy arguing with Brent Williams and Admiral Schofield on and Twitter. Tweeting. Yes, tweeting. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, tweeting. If if you want to know what Wes is doing, wondering what Wes is doing, just go look on his Twitter page and, and you will know. Uh, but uh, Patrick Brown is with me and we are discussing Josh Heupel's uh, extension in Rays. And and Patrick, you kind of touched on this earlier, uh, but the, the final aspect of this is that expectations are, are going to change now. You, you've seen it. With Rick Barnes, you you are going to see it with Tony Vitello, and you will see it with Josh Heupel as, as well. And and even before he was getting paid nine mil, or before this this move was made uh, today, expectations were already naturally going to change. Right, you, you have a successful season, people expect you to build on it. People expect you to bring in even more talented players because of the the proof that you have that you can develop these players and. and at Tennessee, you're supposed to win championships. Like this season was tremendous. Uh, you you never take it for granted. But at Tennessee, the goal is to win championships, not not Orange Bowls. No no offense to <laughs> to the Orange Bowl. Uh, I, I guess the Orange Bowl is in the the circle of potential playoff. The games. circle of trust. Yeah, the circle of trust. Uh, the the <laughs> Orange Bowl does serve as one of those playoff games every now and then, I guess. But uh, you, you want to win championships, and, and that has always been the goal at Tennessee, and that will always be the expectation and goal at Tennessee. So the, the question now becomes how will Josh Heupel achieve those goals? Because now he's getting paid up there with the best coaches in the league, and, and he's going to be expected to win championships, as he should, because at, at a place like Tennessee, you have the resources to go win championships and to compete to get to Atlanta every single season, and if you're competing to get to Atlanta every single season, especially now with the expanded playoffs, you're going to be in contention to make the playoffs every year. Yeah, I think the the, the playoff thing is is maybe the the bigger situation. I know Tennessee fans want to, want to win SEC championships. I know they want to get back to Atlanta, um, but let's be honest. It's going to be really hard to do as, as long as Georgia keeps going at its at its current pace. Um, yeah, that, that program is is looking to be very difficult to beat right now. They just won the national title game 65 to 7. I know TCU, maybe they should have been there, blah, 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 blah. Bottom line is they were there. Uh, and Georgia beat them by 58 points. So that's that's the that's the world we're living in. Um, and that doesn't even mention that Nick Saban and Alabama are still on your schedule every year. So um, but I'll be honest, Ben, you know, I, I thought I kind of thought Hypel, um, and, and that's not this is not necessarily a reflection on him as much as you know, some of the challenges of this program. I thought he was going to be a eight win a year kind of coach. So he's already blown that up. So he he's proven that you can go out and win 10 games at Tennessee and um and, and not necessarily need a bunch of luck to do it. Um 
And so, you know, you just need a little bit of defense and and a really good quarterback like Kenneth Hooker. Um, and, and, you know, as long as Heupel and, and Joey Halsey are, are here, they're going to have pretty good quarterback play, I think. And the, and the guy they just brought in is pretty special. I, I think he's going to be pretty special. And Nico yeah, Malayava, let me get his name right. Can I just call him Nico? Is that all right? Yes. Can we just all yes. in the media at, just at, say, we'll just call him Nico? Yes. At, this, One, at this point, it, it is A-OK uh, to, to call him Nico. But I, I, I think it's... I'm important. thinking of the movie Super Bad when he's like, "What are you seal?" He <laughs> right. was calling by one. <laughs> You're right. So no, uh, he's definitely going by Nico. Uh, re- radio hosts around the country and, and TV broadcasts, <laughs> most of them will be referring to him as Nico, and, and you, that's all you'll see on Twitter. You, you will not see anybody typing out his name. Uh, <laughs> right, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know that as I mentioned, this league is is going to be tougher. You know, how, how much longer is Florida going to be down? Um, as we kind of touched on Billy Napier first, I thought his first season was going okay there for a little bit, but then you lose to Vanderbilt, then you lose to Florida State, then you lose your bowl game by thirty, then you you have this whole Rashada deal. Uh, you know that that program looks like it's still a little ways away from from being able to compete uh at the top half of the SEC. Um, but you know it, it, to answer your question about championships, I mean. 10 and two in a couple of years is going to get you to the playoff in the sec. So is 10 and two without making Atlanta, but getting in the playoff, how, how is that going to be viewed? There's going to be a section of the fan base. that's going to be like, remember what we just went through for the last 15 years. Uh, and then there's going to be a section of the fan base that wants more and, and say, Hey, we're paying this guy to win, you know, get over the top, get over the hump. That is Georgia, uh, get back to Atlanta, all these things. And so, um, you know, what do they do as an encore? What do they do uh, in 24 when when this class is uh, our sophomores when, and they have another recruiting class and, and the portal makes things easier to sort of patch some of these holes on your roster? And I think it's helped Tennessee, obviously, immensely. You know, they didn't, the staff didn't bring in Hendon Hooker, but um, certainly his presence and, and their development of him has probably been the biggest factor in this turnaround. So, um, you know, with the portal, it's it's easier, I would say. It's still competitive, but it's still easier to bring in talent and, and shore up your roster and um and and bring guys in that can help you win games. So um, yeah, I, I think the uh the bar has been raised. Are, are people gonna be upset if Tennessee goes two or three more years without getting to Atlanta? Probably, but in a couple years, if you're good enough to be competing for Atlanta, you're probably good enough to uh not only be in the playoffs, but potentially host playoff games. So um, it's one of those at-large teams. So I, I think that's sort of changing sort of the landscape. And obviously Texas and Oklahoma are joining the league soon. So um, it, it's an interesting time for this program, an interesting time for the sport. And uh, But certainly if Tennessee is in contention uh, to, to go to Atlanta to win the SEC East or, you know, what's the league going to look like? There's not even going to be an SEC East in a couple of years. So uh, it's going to be sort of a, a new thing for people to adjust to. But um, I think as long as Tennessee's putting up a lot of points and winning a lot of games, I think most people around here will be happy and 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 be hoping that uh, a breakthrough season becomes a sort of a breakthrough into Atlanta, maybe a breakthrough of, of a playoff run since that's going to be a thing. Um, but uh, we'll just have to see it, how, how this program develops, what what those things look like down the road. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. But he he will reach a point to where he he will be dealing with what Rick Barnes is dealing with right now, right? To where People get, as crazy as it sounds, people get tired of the 11-win season and beating Clemson in the Orange Bowl, but you didn't play in Atlanta. You didn't win the SEC East. You you did not make the college football playoffs. Now, you do make a great point. If if you go 10-2 and two 
and you don't make it to Atlanta because there is an all-time great team like a Georgia or, or like a Florida like we've seen in the past, but you still make the playoffs, then, then that's a little bit different because you'd rather win a national championship than the SEC. You, you'd rather make the playoffs than make the SEC championship game. So that that will be an interesting dynamic for sure. But just generally speaking, like Rick Barnes had his Josh Heupel moment, right? When, when they broke through, yeah, they lost to Loyola that year. But when they kind of broke through and, and won the SEC, and I believe that was the year that they lost a, a close one to, to Kentucky in, in the SEC tournament championship game when, when that was in St. Louis, that was kind of their breakthrough season. And then they also had the next year where they did go to the Sweet 16 and lose to Purdue. They were ranked number one and all this, all that. Everybody, although they may have come up shorter than they should have in the NCAA tournament, every, everybody was still thrilled and happy because of the regular season success. And now all of a sudden, 16 and three, six and one in the SEC, number four in the country. The, the metrics on this team are, are through the roof. Joe Lenardi has them as a number one overall seed, not overall seed, but a number one seed in the NCAA tournament as of today. And it's like people are, oh, okay, we'll, we'll see what they do in March. So, and look, Tony Vitello, he's going to reach that point. I, people forget he hasn't won a game in Omaha yet. He, he's had a, a ton of success so far but still has not won a game in Omaha. And, and if that trend continues, I'd be surprised if it does. But if if it's two, three years down the road from now and, and Tony still hasn't won a game in Omaha, then people are going to begin to get frustrated and have the same feeling towards him that they do about Rick Barnes. So Josh Heupel at some point is going to have yeah. to break through. When, when you have the resources, and, and look, that's baseball and basketball. Football's the – the breadwinner on campus and, and they have the resources to without a doubt, go win a national championship or at least compete for one, not saying that the others don't, but they certainly do above everybody else. And, and you're getting paid the money that he is though. Those same feelings will pop up for Josh Heupel. If he's not able to break through as well. I, I think the big, the big difference there is basketball and, and baseball are both tournament sports. Um, football's not there yet, which is why I'm interested to see if the playoff changes that where, yeah, if you go 10 and 2, but if you get hot in the playoffs, I mean, it's sort of like the NFL. Um, but, you know, for, you know, the NFL has what, 13, uh, 14 teams in. And right now, yeah. college football has four. Um, you know, does that going to change things where, okay, uh, I mean, take this season, for example. We should point out that if, if the SEC didn't have divisions, Tennessee would have been in Atlanta in 2022. They were the second best team in the overall standings. It's not really their fault that, you know, the East is what it is you know, that they split the divisions and, uh, you know, before people start claiming, oh, uh, that's a moral victory, whatever. No, that that's, that's facts. They were the second best team in the league, uh, but they just didn't go to Atlanta because of the division. So, um, our, you know, you know, people are going to remember that South Carolina lost for a long time, but if, if Tennessee's in that situation again, and they have a loss in, in November, but they're 10 and two knocks them out of Atlanta or some, you know, situation like that where they get knocked out of Atlanta, in a couple of years, it's going to be like, well, we're still in position to go to the playoffs. And then it's going to matter what you do then. So um, it, it's an interesting discussion and interesting moving sort of a moving target because things are going to change and it's going to be different for everybody. You know, the, the era, of, uh, of era of the transfer portal and NIL is, um, you know, people are still, I think, adjusting to all that. Um, and my people, I mean, fans sort of how to, you know, how to deal with expectations, things like that. So when the expanded playoff, when the expanded SEC comes in, and when there's no divisions, um, all these things are are going to sort of change the perception. And um, but I mean, if Tennessee has seasons like they had 
this past season. It's and for some people, it's like if you beat Alabama and Florida every year, that's good enough, right? Uh, since he's lost to those teams so you know so so many times over the past uh, several years, but um, no, I'm I, as I said, I mean, I, I kind of thought Heupel would be an eight win kind of guy, and he's he's already proved me wrong there. So um, I, I think he's um, going to be. Uh, I, I think he and his staff have have the ability and have the makings of a, of a staff that can get Tennessee more in the eight to ten win range. I think uh, every season and and some seasons that might be good enough to go to the playoffs. Some seasons it might not be. Um, it's going to be tough to get to Atlanta as long as Kirby Smart is is in Athens. Um, that's just the bottom line. It's going to be hard to do that as long as Nick Saban's still around in Alabama. They're not going anywhere. Um, I don't know who their quarterback's going to be next season, but um, they'll probably still be pretty good. Um, and so uh, it, it's it's tough for Tennessee, but um, the Heupel and his team showed this past season what 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 can be done. And, and certainly I know a lot of Tennessee fans and, and certainly those uh, in the program want to see that continue happen on a regular basis and go maybe one or two more. And, and I think that's going to be a motivating factor for this team this offseason. Yeah, it, it will. And again, I do want to emphasize that Patrick and I are, are not expecting uh, Josh Heupel now that he's making this much money to, to go win a national championship this upcoming season or, or even the season <laughs> after that. Because, championship or bust, Ben. Yeah, that, that's right. No, we're, we're not saying that at all. Because at the end of the day, this team still has some holes and areas that that need to be developed to, to be a true championship team but uh, did want to point out that at the end of the day this is Tennessee football and let, let's not forget what Tennessee football ultimately is just because it did have a stretch of of poor play and and then when you add in the fact that you're being compensated fairly well and NIL is is where it needs to be and and you have a a hefty salary for your, for your coaching staff as well and and you can bring in recruits and, and this and that expectations will change over time but at the end of the day uh, a, a really good day for Tennessee football in, in my opinion Josh Heupel gets the money that he deserves and and I fully expect him to to take that next step because of those those reasons I mentioned earlier with with the culture and and uh, not only within the players in the locker room but with his coaching staff as well and Look, you, you're already seeing the the fruits of the labor of this past season on the recruiting trail. Uh, two Saturdays ago, that junior day, and how many five stars and, and high level four stars that that were in just speaks to what Tennessee was able to do on the football field this past fall. That'll do it for this edition of the Go Balls Two Four Seven Podcast, the, a breaking news edition. We will have plenty of coverage all week long of Josh Heupel's extension, but also two big basketball games coming up, one on Wednesday night against Georgia, one on Saturday against Texas. College game day is going to be in town a couple of times this week. Uh, another big junior day this weekend, this Saturday as well. So we'll have it all covered for you at GoVols247. And before we get out of here, I do need to remind you, if you don't mind to take a minute, to like, rate, and review the podcast because that's how you can help us. And we would certainly appreciate it. For Patrick Brown, I'm Ben McKee. Enjoy the rest of your week. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think falls fans 
will find interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.